Greetings, this is podcast number 42 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today, the main segment will be about a courageous and necessary move by Bolivia to free itself from multinational exploitation. It's an example to the rest of the third world that the right fears. I'll also share with you a wonderfully worded rant and rave blast the right email from a listener. Uh, Let's get right into it. I've done a couple of podcasts about the wave of progressive governments being elected to power in Latin America and how the U.S. does everything it can to either stop the progressive candidates from winning the elections or if that fails, then to demonize and sabotage and if possible, illegally oust the progressive leader. The countries I've spoken about have primarily been Haiti, Bolivia, and Venezuela. Today we're going to talk about a momentous development this month in Bolivia. The progressive candidate, Evo Morales, had been elected by a landslide on a platform of nationalizing his nation's natural gas industry. Well, unlike certain leaders we have, do I really need to name them? Bolivia's president actually did what he promised to do. On May 1st, he nationalized Bolivia's natural gas industry. My sources for this segment are several New York Times articles, pieces in the British newspapers The Guardian and The Telegraph, an article from UpsideDownWorld.org, the CIA Factbook, and several AP stories published on the ultra-right-wing website Newsmax.com. Here is my summary of what Evo Morales' nationalization decree provides and my evaluation of each of these elements. Within two months, the Bolivian National Gas Company, YPFB, will have sole control over all exploration, production, and distribution of oil and natural gas. Within six months, foreign companies must complete renegotiation of their contracts with the Bolivian government. The revised agreements will, quote, give the government a majority stake in 67 oil and gas fields and raise the tax and royalty rate from 50% to 82% in Bolivia's two biggest fields, close quote. A majority stake and 82% royalties, control and the lion's share of the profits, just the way it should be. The Bolivian government will also take a majority stake in certain companies that were once state-owned but were privatized in the 1990s. I say good riddance to right-wing privatization, which has afflicted not only the U.S., but countries around the world. Next, if the foreign companies do not agree to these terms, they must leave the country. In other words, if you're not happy with a fair profit, 
but will only operate where you can rip off a nation, then our nation, Bolivia, is not for you. Goodbye. All oil and gas companies will be audited to provide a sound basis for the new contractual terms and tax rates. No Enron-style bookkeeping will be allowed to defraud the Bolivian people. Finally, these mandatory renegotiations are legal because the contracts in question were never ratified by the Bolivian Congress as required by Bolivian law. In other words, no more sweetheart deals between the Bolivian elite and multinationals. Okay, how beneficial will these new arrangements be to Bolivia? According to Bolivian Vice President Alvaro Garcia Lanera, by 2007 these new contracts will increase the government's revenue by 320 million dollars. Maybe at first glance that doesn't sound like a huge sum. But Bolivia's population is only about 9 million people. The US, with a population just under 300 million people, is 33 times larger. So that's like increasing US government revenues by 10.5 billion dollars. And even more telling, the US economy is 500 times larger than the Bolivian economy. So in economic impact, the new Bolivian contracts would be the equivalent of adding 170 billion dollars to the US government coffers. So now you can see why this nationalization is so crucial to the well-being of the Bolivian people. This is fantastic. A relatively small third world country is taking control of its own natural resources, taking control of its own wealth, taking control of its own destiny. Now what I want to get into next here is how the US corporate owned media is reporting this wonderfully positive development. I've picked out to focus on for our study the worst article I've come across as far as being one-sided and negative. Four reporters labored to produce this propaganda broadside. Examining this article will give you an enhanced ability to be able to recognize corporate disinformation and spin when you inevitably run across it when reading articles about other third world progressive leaders and what they do, such as Hugo Chavez of Venezuela. The main problems with this article are factually inaccurate implicit assumptions and incredibly biased sourcing. Implicit Assumptions The reporters wrote, quote, A perception that foreign oil and mining concerns have exploited landlocked Bolivia has been a driving force in the country's politics for decades, but it gained a new currency after Bolivia and other nations in the region reopened the energy industry in the 1990s. Since then, there have been boisterous protests and a tide of electoral revolts by voters who felt that the economic benefits had not spread to the poor." Close quote. 
a perception that the country had been exploited by foreign multinationals. The idea gained new currency. Voters felt that economic benefits had not spread to the poor. The reporters used terms that lead the reader to think that these were not facts, just perceptions gaining new currency that voters felt. So Bolivia really has no legitimate cause to complain. The majority poor of that country have reaped economic benefits. No, both of these implicit assumptions in the article are factually inaccurate and designed to delegitimize the nationalization process. The reporters work overtime to further delegitimize the nationalization process. Quote, the dispatch of troops to refineries and oil fields threatens to inject more nationalistic fervor into the policies of Bolivia and other energy exporters in Latin America and abroad. The Bush administration has quietly tried to engage the new Bolivian government, though that overture and Brazil's efforts to moderate Mr. Morales appear to have had little effect. Close quote. Morales' actions threaten and he won't agree to be moderate. He's a true monster, isn't he? Let's go on to biased sourcing. Here are quotes the reporters used and who said these words. We're experiencing the supremacy of emotional politics at this time. That's Gonzalo Chavez, an economist at the Catholic University. This is outside the norms and logic of business that should be the guides for relations between companies and governments. So said the president, Antonio Brufau, of an energy multinational. I don't think the game is over. It's going to move from the Americas to the Africans. This is a very dangerous precedent. Lawrence J. Goldstein, who's president of the Pira Energy Group, based in New York and supported by the petroleum industry. How about this? Chavez is forcing Bolivia into a radical shift. That is the major headache for the U.S., said Roger Tissot, director of markets and countries for PFC Energy, a consulting firm in Washington. Finally, if Brazil decides to give the cold shoulder to Bolivia, Bolivia will be left with its gas underground. That's Carlos Alberto Lopez, an independent consultant for oil companies in La Paz. Did you catch those loaded terms? Outside the norms, dangerous precedent, Radical shift, major headache. And who said these things? Who were the people quoted in a supposedly objective news story? The president of an energy multinational, three energy industry consultants, and an economics professor obviously sympathetic to the multinational point of view. There was no quoting of contrary consultants or economists let alone of the Bolivian government itself, beyond one vague sentence that, quote, 
There are not going to be company expropriations, but we're going to assume a greater level of state control. Close quote. Well, we know that. Give the Bolivian government the opportunity to fully defend itself. This isn't just an isolated bad article. Check out some of the other language used and the preponderance of types of sources cited in other stories from the same website. When you cause problems for foreign investors, you cause problems for those who know how to create and develop the industry. Another, from a political point of view, it's a powerful issue to manipulate, but from an industrial point of view, it can do real harm. And they've been conned by Castro and Chavez. They've been sold a bill of goods that's going to come back and bite them and bite them hard. And who said these things? The director of an energy consultancy in Washington. The director of an energy consultancy in Rio de Janeiro. And, again, Lawrence J. Goldstein, president of the Pira Energy Group, an industry-supported policy group in New York. Ah, good old Larry Goldstein, who was quoted in the other article as well. I guess the reporters really like what he says. Mr. Goldstein's syntax hides the truth. The bill of goods won't do anything. It's inanimate. The industry will bite Bolivia, bite it hard. In fact, it will attempt to chop off Bolivia's head. It must chop off the head of any third world nation that forces its head out from under the multinational corporate boot heel and attempts to assert its humanity. The industry and its right-wing governmental allies will attempt to crush Bolivia as an example, lest even more third world nations attempt to follow its lead and the lead of Venezuela and other Latin American nations. The reporter's own words in these other articles as well are equally biased. Quote, Many industry observers feared such moves would scare away investors and jeopardize the region's economies. Close quote. And I especially love this one. Quote, the decree is the latest step by Latin American governments from Venezuela to Ecuador to assert greater control over the energy sector. Moves that have sent shivers through foreign producers. Close quote. The meek little multinationals will be scared and suffer from shivers. My oh my, the poor darlings have gotten shivers from the bad, bad Bolivian ingrates. Okay, where did these horribly one-sided articles appear? Maybe you were thinking that they were on the ultra-right website Newsmax.com that I had mentioned. No! These were all from recent articles in the New York Times. The newspaper that right-wingers claim is ultra-liberal, if not outright socialist. Well, when it comes to economic justice for third-world countries and the use of their natural resources, 
The New York Times reporting here was obviously anything but progressive. It's out and out right wing. It's like if the New York Times would run a story about Iraq and only quote Bush administration officials. Whoops. Any light bulbs going on above anyone's heads out there? About the only thing the New York Times doesn't do is hyperventilate like Newsmax.com and right-wingers like Bill O'Reilly and Pat Robertson about the communist and even terror links of these progressive leaders, such as Morales' close ally, Hugo Chavez. He's going to make that a launching pad for communist infiltration and, and uh, Muslim extremism all over the continent. They're communist socialists down there. You know, I don't know about this doctrine of assassination, but if he thinks we're trying to assassinate him, I think that we really ought to go ahead and do it. To close, let's leave the fantasy world of the right wing and their strange bedfellow ally here, the New York Times, and enter the reality-based world. Morales' nationalization decree is what he was elected to do, elected in a free and fair election by a landslide. For the truth about what Bolivia did, let's go to some excerpts from Evo Morales' decree, his speech that day, and later comments. Quote, An historic day has arrived. Now the gas and oil that flows from our land will no longer belong to foreigners. Our hydrocarbon riches return to the hands of the nation for the benefit of the country. The looting by foreign companies has ended. They will be partners, not owners of natural resources. Close quote. Morales also stressed that the nationalization could produce enough wealth to end poverty in his nation to be the quote solution to the economic and social problems of the country, close quote. How about some quotations to balance the New York Times onslaught of industry lackeys? Quote, it's an historic act that, hopefully in the following months, will bring the country more revenue to relieve unemployment and make more jobs available, close quote. That was Edgar Patana, the executive secretary of the Regional Workers Central of El Alto. Here's another. Quote, People have the hope that after all of this history of misery, exploitation of the natural resources, the gas could be the basis for a modernization of the economy, not just to be utilized as energy, but also a basis for a future of industrialization. Close quote. That was Carlos Arze of Bolivia's Center for Labor and Agricultural Development. Regarding those New York Times quoted analysts urging a return to business as usual, Bolivians know, even if readers of the New York Times won't, that business as usual produced the terrible poverty in their nation. And contrary to the drumbeat of this will hurt Bolivia. It can't do things on its own. There are other analysts who insist that the Bolivian National Gas Company did an excellent job for the 60-some-odd years when it used to run things 
and that it can do an excellent job now as well. These analysts also posit that Bolivia will also benefit economically from processing the gas before sale instead of just exporting it in the raw form. As you may remember from high school social studies class, a hallmark of colonialism was that the colonial powers, not the colonies, derived the benefit from the processing of the natural resources. So Bolivia may well want to end this neo-colonial vestige as well. I am certainly not an expert on Bolivian economics. I don't know if the optimistic analyses are correct. But let me ask you three questions. Shouldn't stories in the American corporate press be fair and balanced and at least allow their readers to be aware that this non-corporate point of view exists? Shouldn't the corporate-owned media, including the New York Times of all places, stop using biased, inflammatory language and one-sided, right-wing, toe-the-industry-line sources? And... These are revolutionary times all over the globe. Men are revolting against old systems of exploitation and oppression. And out of the wounds of a frail world, new systems of justice and equality are being born. The shirtless and barefoot people of the land are rising up as never before. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. We in the West must support these revolutions. As Martin Luther King Jr. just said, shouldn't we want the Bolivian people to be able to rise out of not just misery-causing but death-causing levels of poverty by using the wealth generated from the natural resources that they themselves own? If you answered yes to these questions, you're a moral, straight-thinking progressive. If you answered no to any of them, you should already know what you are. An immoral, greedy right-winger. To kind of catapult the propaganda. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again. To kind of catapult the propaganda. Catapult the propaganda. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. Best of the left podcast.com. When the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. Now you recall, before George W. Bush came along, the last national leader to claim that preemptive attacks were appropriate was Adolf Hitler when he attacked Poland in 1930, I think it was 39. It takes a lot of degeneration before a country falls into dictatorship. But we should avoid these ends by avoiding these beginnings. That's the type of legacy that historians will say has been left by America's newest, worst president. What word comes to mind when you, when you hear the phrase President Bush? The three words were incompetent, idiot, and liar. Best of the Left podcast. Real radio, real liberal. Condensed into neat, commute-sized chunks. Only at bestoftheleftpodcast.com.
Sometimes it's useful just to get it off your chest, let her rip, rant and rave. That's just what a listener with the initials WF did recently in an email to Blast the Right that contains great passion as well as some inspired phraseology. WF wrote in under the subject line, Blast the Right? How about Leavenworth, The Hague? He began, quote, as I and many other rational, reasonably educated and aware people, I'm sure, predicted in 1999, unceasing, overlapping waves of harm, corruption, stupidity and outright evil have indeed propagated from the paranoid, necrophilic entity that is Bush-Cheney slash the neocon slash the Rathoglican Mafia slash their rabid enablers and shills. Close quote. Rathoglican, rabid enablers and shills. I like those phrases. Hearing rabid enablers and shills brings pictures of Ann Coulter, Bill O'Reilly, and Sean Hannity into my mental field of vision. Who do you see? W.F. continued. By this point, even the most hardened cynics are shocked and, of course, numb. Right-winger, the right. These terms are simply not up to the task of denoting the we manufacture our own reality, sure you do bozos, crowd. If you expressly attempted to assemble an optimal crew of planet destroyers, you simply could never best this gang of psychopathic, insatiably greedy, gratuitously stupid perverts. The best available term is fascist. Psychopathic, insatiably greedy, gratuitously stupid perverts. I'll buy that. WF wraps it up. Unless you've got an extra few years to spend full-time and don't frighten easily, don't attempt to investigate the needs that drive the bizarre mythology that motivates the types of wackos that still happily support their own and their children's demise. I heartily concur with the scenario metaphor mentioned on your website of these thugs needing to be kicked off the lifeboat because they are, I paraphrase, actively destroying any prospect for our collective future on this island earth. Glad you got it off your chest, WF. Now a couple of thousand other people got the benefit as well. WF at the end of his little tirade was referring to the following metaphor I used on my website about the fact that 20% of the people on the planet own 86% of the wealth. I said, quote, In so many ways, Earth is a lifeboat we've all been placed on. Imagine on a real lifeboat that there are five people. One of them nominally owns most of the provisions aboard. He insists that he'll eat as much as he wants and doesn't have to share any of it with anybody else. How long do you think it will be before the only relationship with food that he has is as a tasty meal for a shark? There's not 
infinite wealth on earth. If some passengers on the lifeboat have so much that others are without, the over-provisioned ones just have to give some of theirs up. Close quote. This metaphor was also featured in a segment on Podcast 10. I asked and answered the question, how is our planet Earth like a lifeboat and are right-wingers misbehaving badly enough to deserve being tossed overboard? You know what answer listener WF gave, and you also know if you've been listening to Blast the Right for any length of time at all, that I would heartily concur. What about you? Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you liked what you heard and think it deserves wider circulation, please tell a friend about Blast the Right. Use the one-click Tell a Friend About This Page link on the podcast homepage. If you haven't done so already this month, vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. You can do so through a one-click link on the podcast homepage. Music Credits Bumper music was Catapult the Propaganda by Nye's Music, Not the One Blues by Burnshee Thornside. And we'll close with a little bit of Taking My Country Back by Honky Tonkers for Truth. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Please keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at adelphia.net. If you'd like to record a comment for me to play on Blast the Right, then just dial 310-933-5891. You can also Skype me at Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. I'm taking my country back. Son, you ain't been doing her right. Oh, I've been watching you and I don't like how you've been treating my stars and stripes. Bye.